So today's uh, first reading is uh, from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, where he speaks about the church, we the church, being like a body, so made up of many different parts. And I think when it comes to, especially us Irish people, uh, traditionally we like to be kind of anonymous at Mass. We like to be kind of sitting down the back, as is exemplified by today. And um, we like to sit in, in the back, and like no one likes to be asked any questions. No one likes to sit near the front. No one likes to be even kind of seen, heard, mentioned to, or pointed to, or anything. Unless, of course, there's an anniversary mass, then, then the, the family name must get a mention. But that's beside the point. Generally speaking, people want to be anonymous at mass. This is kind of a part of our culture. No one wants to be kind of, you know, even if, if there were someone who always sat up the front, right? What would everyone down the back say? He knows. He know. Who does she think she is? Yeah, I'm oh, special. Oh, I'm priest favorite. She gives me an apple in the sacristy every morning. Uh, so, like, it is, there is this kind of mentality. If anyone does kind of come a bit forward, that they're that they're kind of looked at. So, uh, when it comes to us being part of the body, I think most of us imagine, I'm well, I'm the toenail. Like, if I'm there or not there, it really makes no difference. I'm the appendix. I just cause a lot of pain when I go wrong. Apart from that, I do nothing. Uh, you know, most people don't feel that they're in any way important in this mystical body. So then you've got the the saints and the Pope and Mother Teresa and all these wonderful people, they're like the heart and the brains and they're the eyes and the hands. They're, they're, they're the ones doing important stuff. And the rest of us are entirely irrelevant. I think most, sub, it's probably subconscious, but most of us believe that. Like my participation in the church is effectively irrelevant. It makes no difference. If I do or don't do, if I come, don't come, if I pray, don't pray, it makes no difference. Can anyone see where I'm going with this? That's wrong. Just so, so if that isn't clear, right? That's wrong. That is not true, okay? Uh, anybody who's had any sort of kind of bodily surgery, right? Every single one of your vertebrae is important. Every single one of your cells is you. Every single one of your fingers is useful. Every single part of your body, like there's nothing redundant here, apart from maybe things like the appendix, apart from that. Everything that you have is necessary, even if it's not visible, even if it's uh, not, uh, like... Like I say, eyes, hands, feet, heart, brain, those kind of things, lungs, those kind of things are, are evident, like it's evident we need them. But everyone's role in the church is important. And why is that? Because everyone's role in the church, the value of anything we do, the value of everything we do is measured from the perspective of eternity. So, when have you lived a good life? You have lived a good life when what you have done has, have help, has helped you and others get to heaven. That, that's the bottom line. The value of your life is measured from the perspective of eternity. Not how much money you made, not how many people you made smile, not anything else. There's just nothing else. Why? Because the only thing that matters is eternity. Now, when I say eternity, obviously, I mean heaven, I mean unity with God, I mean um, people accepting God's mercy. It's all kind of similar, it's all kind of the same thing, that we get to heaven, that we are united with God. And that's the, that's the only thing that really matters. Now that, that's not to say everyone has to be a priest or religious, or everyone has to baptize, or everyone has to confirm, or everyone has to uh, start a prayer group. I mean, we can help people get to heaven by providing good work for them, so that they don't have to live off the streets, and you know, that they can have security. We can help people get to heaven by, not necessarily, like by, I say, by, by, by doing huge things, but by loving them, by praying for them by our example. And because everything, because the value of what we do is measured from the perspective of eternity, it means that it's not just measured while we live. OK? 
Okay, I'll say that again. The value of our efforts, the value of our work, isn't just measured while we live. Right, there was a man from Dublin called Matthew, uh, born in 1856. And he was from a relatively simple background, relatively poor. And uh, at the age of 12, he left school and went working on the docks. I went working for, sorry, a, 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 a bar, basically, a wine salesman. And uh, he used to help himself to some of the produce on occasion. And by 13, was a raging alcoholic. 13. And such was his life then for the next uh, decade and a half, where he would scrounge together whatever. He was a hard worker, but a raging alcoholic. So he'd work hard, make a bit of money, straight to the pub, blow it all. Work hard, make a bit of money, go to the pub, blow it all. He would go to a pawn shop and, and pawn off his shoes. I don't know who would actually pawn, buy half-used shoes, but anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, he'd pawn his shoes, his clothes. Uh, there was a street entertainer performing with a fiddle. He stole the man's fiddle and pawned that off. Uh, so do whatever he can to get money to drink it. And at the age of 28 then, he was broke. Uh, he was fairly consistently broke. But in this particular evening, uh, he thought, well, look, I bought drink for so many people at this point. All shall be well. So he waited outside the pub. And uh, he was asking his friends, you know, any chance of a, you know, any chance you could sort me out for tonight? Any chance you could pay the rounds tonight? And one after the other of his friends said, not tonight. Not tonight. No, no, no. And they all just passed and they all burst him by. They all just went into the pub and left him outside. And at 28, he just had this realization. I'm wasting my life. This whole drink thing is killing me. And I actually, I have no friends because of it. It looked like fun or it looks like, like uh, uh, a great night out at the time. But ultimately, when I'm in need, none of those people are there for me. None. Not one. So he went home in foul humor, and uh, he says to his mom, he says, I'm going to take the pledge. And she said, as all good Irish mammies would, you will, yeah. <laughs> so I will, oh, I will, I will, and he did. And he took it for three months, he took it for six months, and he took it for, for life. And Matt never touched another drop of alcohol. Not only that, but he was so sorry for the life that he had lived and for the life that he had wasted that he began to pray profusely and get up at five o'clock every morning in order to, to say an awful lot of prayers before Mass and then get to Mass before he'd go to work. He worked hard and he paid off all the debts that he had, that he'd accumulated from different people. Uh, he bought a fiddle. He tried to find the, the street performer that he, whose fiddle he stole, couldn't find it, donated the proceeds to a church instead, uh, and then started reading the lives of the saints, especially St. Saint, uh, Francis of Sales and St. Augustine. I was very inspired by their lives. He also felt the need to, to do penance for all the people that he had hurt. So he started wearing a, a light chain and some rope around his body under his shirt so nobody would see. Then he'd spend the evenings on his knees praying. Praying the rosary. Praying for those he had hurt. Praying for, for the Lord's forgiveness and the Lord's mercy. And he died then in 1925. The man I'm talking about is Matt Talbot. So you might say, like, at, at the time of his life, uh, while he was living, you might say, like, what is the point of, of him doing any of this? Like, even, why, not just, why not just stay drinking at the end of the day? What does it actually matter? Because if he drinks or if he doesn't drink, his life doesn't affect anyone anyway. Wrong. Your life 
always affects people. Your life always affects people. I was talking to someone recently and they said actually, Do you know, oh, I wouldn't like to get old at all. No, 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 don't want to get old. Uh, I want to be gone at 40 or 50 or something. And it ju- this thought just struck me. Yeah. The thing is though, your life affects other people. Your life isn't just for you. So into your 50s, into your 60s, 70s, 80s, even like in your illness, in your old age, whatever it may be, your life still affects people. And the value of your life is measured how? From the perspective of eternity. Not from the perspective of your health, not from the perspective of, of, of anything else, but from the perspective of eternity. So what's the value of your life as a 70, 80, 90-year-old? Well, it's measured from the perspective of eternity. It's what I'm doing now, helping me and others get to heaven. Why is that important? Because effectively, your soul is immortal. You are immortal. You have a beginning, but you don't have an end. God has no beginning or end. But you, you have a beginning the moment you were conceived, but you have no end. So the, the only thing that matters, like when everything else has collapsed and rotted away and whatever, the only thing that matters is, is, is where our soul has gone, where we have gone. The only thing that matters in life is measured from the perspective of eternity. And that's, that's, that's such, a, a, I think, a helpful perspective. Because then it means that my hidden life, my hidden sacrifices, my hidden tears, my hidden pain, even that has value. Matt Talbot's hidden prayers, his life, he would have had no idea that in the year 2022, uh, almost 100 years after his death, there'd be someone preaching about him here, that he'd be now venerable and, God willing, one day a saint that his life is now an inspiration to so many people struggling with, with, with alcohol, with alcohol addiction. He would have had no idea. He's gone a hundred years, but his life is still affecting and inspiring people long after his death. So, was his life important? Was he an unimportant part of this body? Was he just a kind of a redundant part? If he was there or not there, did it make a difference? No. His role in the church, hidden and all as it was at the time, is still bearing fruit. He's still a necessary part of the body, as are you. Everybody, each one of us, we affect each other. You affect other people outside of here, or anybody who's watching at home or watching these homilies later. Your life affects all sorts of people around you, and then the effect that you have on their lives affects other people. There's this ripple effect of each person's life in the world. So this is way more important than just you. Our lives affect others. And if, by the way I live my life, I can help others get to heaven, I can help others discover who the Lord is, I can discover who the Lord is myself and share that relationship, share, share that joy, then that's a life well lived. That's a life of, of, of value. So we ask the Lord today to renew, renew our confidence that everything we do and done out of love is important. Everything we, every person we meet who we treat with love, that's, that's my chance to bring this little bit of light, this, this little bit of joy, this uh, little bit of hope into the world by my actions, by my words. And that we might always realize that every action that we do is measured from the perspective of eternity. And one day, may we all be reunited up there in heaven, thanking the good Lord for every day, every privileged day of our lives.
Amen.